Greetings and welcome to the Pure Report. I'm Rob Ludeman, your host, and today we're bringing the orange with a return guest with Vaughn Stewart, our VP of Strategic Alliances. Welcome back to the program. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me back. Uh, always a pleasure. Always some fun conversation when you come around the studio. Yeah, you, you had a lot of fun on, on, our, on our last chat. Hopefully, uh, uh, the uh, the listeners enjoyed us talking about what Pure and VMware are doing together with uh, VVols and vSAN. Yeah, that was a great one. A lot of good uptake on that. And if you haven't checked it out already, that's in the podcast library at uh, The Pure Report. So go check it out. Today, we're kind of turning our attention to another one of the various alliance partners that you uh, that you work closely with. We're working with Splunk. Yeah, we just came out of um, SplunkConf, their annual user conference. Um, man, they've really grown, right? So the, this, the stats for this conference were roughly uh, over 10,000 users, roughly you know 2,000 um, technology partners uh, in terms of staff that were supporting the event, something like 300 technical sessions and 200 customer breakout sessions. Wow. I mean, just... It's gotten huge. Yeah, lots of goodness. Yeah, massive. That's fantastic. Yeah, and, and, and why we're talking about it today? Yeah, yeah. What, what are we honing in on today? So so at SplunkConf, right, they, they share with everyone the, the, the new set of innovations that they're, brought, that they're bringing to bear and what they've released. As it relates to us and our audience... Yes, They've announced a new storage architecture. All right. Yeah. They call it Smart Store. Okay. And Smart Store is the evolution, if you will, from the traditional DAS storage architecture that you uh, would be familiar with from a Splunk perspective. So now a disaggregated architecture mm. of, 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 you know, uh, compute. And object stores. This sounds very similar to something that we talk about around here. This sounds hmm. perhaps a little bit about like the data-centric architecture. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, I think we were playing a little bit inside of inside baseball. Oh, that's good. At um, uh, our sales kickoff when we announced data-centric architectures. Uh, you know, from the outset, that data-centric architecture sounds like something that a storage uh, company would, would want to promote. Uh, but uh, if you look in the market, there's a lot of software companies that are adopting support for new storage protocols and architectures that leverage the notion of a data-centric architecture and Splunk with smart store is just the newest one in the list. Well, really important. There must be a reason, I guess, why they're doing that. So maybe to take folks back that are listening, we, we should do a level set on um, on on Splunk and and you know why maybe there might be a shift from the model they were doing to this more new data centric kind of model. What what did that look like? I mean, what's the typical deployment? Is it's it's kind of a uh, you know servers connected with Dad's storage type of thing? Yeah. That's that's kind of the, the traditional deployment, right? Yeah. So so um, so let's 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 handle it this way. So um, the promise of Smart Store is to uh, reduce your total cost of ownership, right. as well as as Increase performance, availability, and agility at scale. But scale being the key word, right? right. That's because that when you're when you're pulling in tons of data, and it's increasing over time, that's what you got to contend with. Yeah. So so let's start with looking at what a traditional architecture looks like. Right. A traditional Splunk architecture is comprised of DAS. Um, data is measured in terms of ingest rate and retention period as well as what's called a replication factor, mm -hmm. right? So for data protection's sake, how many times am I going to copy data on that direct attached storage? And there's a, and there's a cost to doing it many, many times, right? Yeah, yeah. and it, may, does it sound similar to any other architectures you've heard in the past? Yeah, yeah. Like hyperconverged, oh, yeah. or right. HDFS. Hyperconverged, HDFS, right. right, yeah, clustering type of things, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so as data comes into Splunk, it's basically um, separated between creating index files and raw data files. Um, customers pick their replication factor for each, and that's 
um, mirrored copies, so at a minimum two of each, and some customers go to three of each or four of each, but uh, let's just keep it simple and, and say, you know, two copies of my indexes and two copies of my raw data. Uh, that gets mirrored across all the, the disks on the back end. And it's it's tiered and put into different buckets and, and data ages from one bucket to the other, which really doesn't matter for our conversation here uh, until I get to the smart store element. But um, suffice to say, as you scale your cluster, you are scaling compute and storage together, regardless if I need a compute element or storage element. Mm -hmm. What Splunk is trying to help their customers with are the customers at scale. So for example, if I have direct-to-test storage, and say I'm just ingesting a terabyte of data a day, I'm going to mirror it just once, so I've got a replication factor of two, which is the minimum, and I want to store it for a year. Well, Splunk basically compresses the data to half but then has to duplicate the data because of that replication factor. Right. So a terabyte a day stored for a year is 365 terabytes of data. Now, how does this impact managing this cluster? Well, if I want to, to say, patch manage a server, I have to evict all the data off the server. I patch the server. I have to rehydrate all that data back. And then I repeat that process for every server in the cluster. And then what's the usual timing on doing that? Or how long, you know, what's the... So... It's not an outage uh, per se, but it, you know, there's a mechanism. There's something that has to be done. Sure. So you know, um, with that. So Splunk cited an example using that same uh, data point that I just shared. Yeah. A terabyte a day, 365 days, replication factor of two at their user conference. And if you store 12 terabytes of data on each server, you need 31 servers in that cluster. So a 31-node indexer cluster, if I've got to evict 12 terabytes and rehydrate 12 terabytes, let's say that's uh, four hours out and four hours back in. So eight hours per server, 31 servers, mean I can roll three a day, yeah. means my patch update of my Linux operating system is going to run me 10 business days Jeez. of rewriting every bit of data that I have yeah. in my Splunk cluster. Yeah. Okay, That's just one of the challenges. If I want to grow that cluster... I add in some nodes, they have the similar hardware configuration, and then the data has to be rebalanced, meaning rewritten across all the nodes. So again, I can add nodes, but before I can use them, the data has to be rebalanced. That process could take days. And if your data is growing rather rapidly, right. then you're yes. doing that constantly? Right. I mean, it takes longer, but it right. sounds like something you would you would keep doing over and over again, well, which, which doesn't seem very efficient. Or say I'm in a business practice and now I need to do some discovery. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's an, at some end of month process, or maybe it's a, you know, a legal process or something occurred, and I want to add more servers to the process so I can increase my searching capabilities. Again, I can't get to use that search for days at a time, and I might have constraints that I need to act quicker. Um, the, the, the fourth area that I would cite is, I just want to refresh the hardware, right? It's yeah. that three-year maintenance cycle. Yeah. You know, I'm going to do the larger drives. The usual right? timing for that. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. I've got to evict all the data. i got to bring it all back. Now, um, that's with, I said, 365 terabytes of storage, 31 servers, 12 terabytes each. Someone could say, but if I don't want to do 31 servers, what do I want to do 16 servers with 24 terabytes each? Or well, eight, eight servers. Yeah. With, well, yeah. Remember yeah. that eight-hour upgrade period mm -hmm. per server? Just now it becomes 16 hours, right? You can't escape the time. You just make your fault domain larger when you have a failure, okay? So Splunk is pretty um, 
pretty precise in how they, they try to size customers in terms of their, their indexer servers, right? They want 12 cores, um, you know, 12 terabytes of capacity, right? So that you have a nice building block model. Your indexers can ingest about 300 um, gigabytes of, of uh, ingest data uh, daily. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a sizing mechanism, as well as each, each one can, uh, can, with 12 cores, can support about eight um, concurrent um, uh, searches. So again, you kind of scale compute for different um, attributes, whether it's ingest rate or concurrent search capabilities. Um, so there's there's some tunables there in this config. Now, I think if you understand some of the challenges around managing the data component at scale, it's a nice segue then to talk about what does smart store bring to Yeah. Bear. So where does, you know, what does smart store then do for this and maybe describe that, but then you, you know, perhaps use the same example that you did with that one Perfect. terabyte per day. Like, you know, take us through that and that'll help everybody that's listening kind of compare and contrast the outcomes, I think. Right. Yeah. So smart store says well, there's going to be a radical shift in your TCO by using your index cluster only for the hot data, the data that's being ingested and it's building indexes. Mm -hmm. All other data will get pushed down to an object store. Okay. And so if you look at the example that we, we had, terabyte a day, a year's worth of storage capacity, um, 64 concurrent searches, and an RF factor of two, your 31 servers with 12 terabytes of storage can now be replaced with eight servers with only two terabytes of storage. And behind that, your smart store can be a flash blade or technically any S3 object store. Anything, yeah, right. yeah. And we can go into the details between Flashblade and a, and a traditional slower object store in a moment. But out of that, you're getting savings in, you know, in power, in, in space, in cooling, all those environmental things. Yeah, so you're, you're right. roughly getting about a 75% reduction yeah. in uh, server count, which means OS licensing, um, anything in the software stack that's gonna be managed by per socket or by node. Uh, network port reduction, mm -hmm. oh, about, about yeah, two-thirds. Yeah. Yeah. Rack space reduction, again, about 75%. Um, power, cooling. So <clears throat> there's a TCO savings, even if the storage cost was net neutral. Now, I will suggest to you in the example, if I'm removing 23 out of 31 servers, uh, that cost savings more than justifies the acquisition cost of the flash blade required. But coming back to our example in a little yeah. more detail, yeah. If I go from the DAS model to the smart store with Flashblade, I go from requiring 365 terabytes of data, remember I've got all those re those replication factors going on, yep. down to 128 terabytes of storage capacity. So I'm cutting my storage capacity almost in you know to, by two thirds. Significant. Less footprint, less power, less capacity, less nodes. That's kind of the, the first benefit you realize from smart store. But remember, smart store was, was provided to address scale. So now when I'm in smart store and I'm only using my indexer service for the ingest rate of data, the searches, right, and building the indexes, it means that if I want to perform maintenance on the cluster, go back to the whole, I want to patch. Yeah, you have to do the, evacu the evacuation system. of the data and all that. I don't yeah. evacuate yeah. any data. Yeah. I only evacuate the indexer data, okay. which takes about four to six minutes. So now remember I was saying- We're talking about, about hours a, About an eight hour days. window for 12 yeah. terabytes. Right, right. Now I'm down to about 10 minutes total round trip. It's a huge improvement. Per node, yeah. right? And I don't have 31 nodes to complete it on at eight hours each. I have eight nodes at 10 minutes each. Right, we're talking an order. You it's know, it's a dramatic magnitude. improvement that they're, right. that they're offering with this. It also means that if I've got this need to 
for agility. I need to burst my computing capabilities. I can, with SmartStore, add Splunk nodes immediately and on demand, whether they're physical, whether they're virtual, right? Maybe leverage your, your private cloud to yeah. burst. Yeah. Right, again, I got an end of month, I've got some uh, legal discovery, I've got some compliance requirement, right? I got a security breach, right? I need more compute power, right? I can just dynamically scale it. And the way that you add nodes, all Splunk does is provide the metadata to each node as it comes online, yeah. and then trickles the data in the background. Okay. Um, it also means I can collapse the cluster, I can go through a hardware refresh, I can do all of these elements with m moving um, very little or almost no data because it's independent from the object store. And back to your initial points about this being an offering that's really truly addressing agility, first Splunk users, TCO, first Splunk users, and sort of operational efficiency, right? With yeah. with with you know kind of eliminating or diminishing some of these limitations from from an operational standpoint. Um, let's talk a little about object store. There's a lot of object store out there, right? You know, there's kind of entry level type of things, but then you know there's things that have more value, maybe more performance. Um, what, what, what do you see as reasons to, you know, sort of justify or, you know, why something like a flash blade would be a better fit than, than maybe other choices? Customers are going to have a lot of choices around object stores. The, the historical object store market is comprised of slow storage. Think of S3, right? Yeah. Highly available, very expensive. If you're looking from a cloud perspective, right, any query that you put on that object store is going to be an egress charge, mm -hmm. right? So if you go to the cloud thinking, well, it's gonna be a lower cost, it may be, but if you come up across the need to search in your historical data, there's gonna be a, a charge for access that's gonna be associated with that. If I pivot to an on-prem um, object store, and there's a lot of hard drive-based yeah. object stores yeah. in the market, uh, whether they're made out of you know DAS servers or they come from uh, storage vendors, I don't have the egress charges, but then I have to understand that understand how data is retrieved from a smart store. So if you have an event that requires you to to actually search a longer retention policy in in Splunk, it's going to require data to be retrieved from smart store. Now, data re that that is retrieved isn't retrieved on an item by item basis. It's retrieved in a bucket by bucket basis. Okay. And so the search process starts, but you got to retrieve the data, and then the search process reindexes that data. That difference between flash and responding in a millisecond or disk and responding in 10, 15, or 20 milliseconds is, an, is orders of magnitude difference in terms of coming back to uh, and providing you search results. You have to make the determination of what are my requirements for looking at longer term uh, data that's been retained for a longer period of time. And the best way I think that you can answer it is to really look at um, use cases. So for example, um, according to the 2018 cost of data breach study, uh, the average data breach is detected 206 days after it's occurred. So you got to go back and sift through a whole. We've identified the breach, data, and now we got to right. go back and look at every activity right. where the breach might have touched a server, impacted a set of data, or a user account. Right. Particularly when you have lots of right. pressure on you, so the quicker you can get it done, the quicker you can get right. resolution. Right. Or if you pivot and you go to yeah. an area where where I'm not an expert, but in compliance, and you look at uh, GDPR regulations, Article 33, mm -hmm. that states that a business has only 72 hours between the time that they've identified a privacy breach and notifying those who've been affected by that breach. So again, say 206 days go by for yeah. a cybersecurity attack, and you've got a 72 yeah. hour window to notify your customers, better be able to read all that data. So Smart Store you know, helps, allows you to burst on the compute side, but you still need fast IO to retrieve that data. And that's where I think the difference between FlashBlade 
and a slow hard disk based or a slow cloud based object store really comes into play. And, and, you know, when we talked earlier about some of the data growth type of things that are going on there, you've got Flashblade and its capability of expanding, you know, very modularly, right, with, with, with Blades and the, and the high performance that goes in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah look, yeah. the, the I mean, value just, of Flashblade goes, goes, flash yeah, goes, I mean, yeah. goes beyond just what it capability provides to Splunk, right? Yeah, I yeah. scale a blade at a time. When I scale, there's no, no steps required outside of physically sliding a blade in. I can start small, right? A suit of seven blades, and I can scale today up to 75 blades over five chassis, right? Um, I don't need any storage experience to run it because there's no, it's classic pure. There's no trade-offs, there's no tunables, and, you know, everything's done through the cloud. Um, so there's a lot of value there. And again, I'll, I'll come back to the point. It looks like when you shift from DAS to smart store, the savings in just reducing the storage footprint in the servers and all the associated infrastructure costs they're going to more than pay for your object store, whether it's cloud, hard drive, or all flash. So now let's get back to what are the business what are the business yeah, advantages? What are your business advantages if you're trying to avoid risk right. around security and compliance as one of the use cases that you highlighted, which I think is a great one, then you want something that's going to be able to, you know, solve that risk issue for you. So, you know, we've been talking a little bit about Flashblade in this space, but you know, we have another product in the portfolio. What about Flash Array? What, what's oh. your thoughts on that? Yeah, right? good question, good question. So um, we've got uh, a number of customers, and yeah. some pretty large on FlashArray. Uh, one of them I can think of in just nine terabytes a day. The value of FlashArray with Splunk has been that it's been able to reduce the storage requirements by negating the RF factor, right? You, if you're in Splunk, you want an RF factor of two. If you want a little more high availability, you're doing, you're doing you know, triple mirrors or an RF three. And the FlashArray is deduplicating that data down. Yeah. Um, and reducing the size of the indexes, uh, roughly about three to one overall for storage savings with with the flash array. Okay. So if that's the data reduction for flash array, then what do we typically see for Flashblade for this type of scenario? Oh, great question! I'm glad that you brought it brought it up. With Flashblade, we are able to to compress the index files that mm -hmm. Splunk sends down, uh, but the bulk of the data is the raw data. Okay. In the smart store config, we're not able to reduce the raw data any further than what it's been sent to us from Splunk. But the audience needs to understand that in the DAS model, it's being mirrored or replicated. And remember, at a minimum, an RF of two, but some customers do three or four. And in FlashBlade, it's single instance storage. So you're not going to see high data reduction numbers overall, but you're going to have significantly less data to store. Remember the example I gave of the 365, a day? yeah, yeah. yeah. Terabyte a day for years 365, with Smart Store, your total amount of data that you store is 128 terabytes. So much less. Though. Yeah, so almost yeah. a third. Big savings, just not through data reduction. That's right. Look, from an economics perspective, it's great. It, it's not challenged from a performance perspective. I mean, obviously, you can always you know overwhelm some storage device, but sure, we don't sure. see it overwhelmed in our customer base with today's um, uh, ingest rates. However. All the agility, availability, scaling capabilities that I shared with you come from smart store and the disaggregated architecture. Mm -hmm. When I'm operating with a flash array, that storage is no different than when it's DAS. Yeah. And so all the constraints, all the data rehydration and eviction, all those challenges that are time constrained, 
those still exist with Flash Array. Okay. So I love all of our customers that have yeah. Flash Array. Yeah, yeah. We're going to see what we can do for them to to discuss if Flash Blade's a better fit for where they're at and where they want to go, and right. and and we're going to help them through that transition. I don't want to share what that may or may not entail, but uh, we're talking about it, and, and right. we want to take um, good care of those customers. Yeah, we'll see where that goes down the line. Yeah. But either way, you know, there's a great product in the portfolio that can help them wherever they are in this journey, right? Right. Yeah. Excellent. Um, I guess final final thoughts. Where to go for more information, right? If folks want to go a little bit deeper than what we're uh, what we're talking about here. So look, uh, everyone can just go to purestorage.com and find right within our solutions pages what we've got available for Splunk. Again, that collateral is going to get updated for kind of a version one. And think of it uh, of a rolling thunder. We are going to continue to build out more content as we go through and close out this year and go into next year. So think awesome. of things like uh, reference architectures with, with FlashDAC. Uh, think about some more sizing tools. Uh, I think some economic calculators are some of the things that we're considering right now that aren't committed to. But uh, we really want to help customers understand the true value of this architecture and the ability to be able to access uh, your large uh, scale um, historical data and be able to make that available f- for searching. Fantastic. Yeah. Data at scale. That's right. All baby. about the data centric architecture. <laughs> Bring it back home to that. Awesome. Cool. Well, hey, thanks again for, for joining the Pure Report. Always a pleasure to have you here. Hey, I always appreciate being here. Um, hopefully you'll have me back soon talking about some new and interesting developments with some of our other technology partners. Absolutely. Anytime you're around and want to jump in, let's, uh, let's do it. Thanks for having you in. And uh, like I say, at the end of all these, thanks everybody for uh, listening and subscribing. And please tell a friend or a colleague as we'd love to grow the audience. Uh, it keeps us interested, engaged, and bringing you out great topics so you can see more into what we're doing here at Pure and with our partners and alliances. Uh, so with that, we'll go ahead and wrap. For Pure Storage and Vaughn Stewart, this is Rob Ludeman saying don't look back. Something might be gaining on you. <laughs>